the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, this is Rick Probst. And Dan Ratcliffe. Of Faith Talk Live. You're about to hear an amazing portion of our show on demand. You can see the entire show on Facebook Live. And find out more on our website, faithtalkatlanta.com. Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. The Friday edition of Faith Talk Live. <laughs> what was that? What? Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Welcome to Friday, Friday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. I'm Dan Rackham. It's like you came out of slow motion and whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, might be awesome. having a flashback from 1978. Is yeah. that what that is? Wow, far out. Yeah, yeah. man. Hey, we've got a great show today. Pastor <laughs> Greg uh, Bowler and Adele is going to be singing all of her hits on the show this morning, talking about the new book, I Am the One mm-hmm. Jesus Loves. And that's. Uh, but, we, but we know that Tiana is actually the one that Jesus loves. But it's loves, actually so. me. Yeah. She got a t shirt printed up. Yeah. She's got a tattoo <laughs> right there. I am the one Jesus loves. <laughs> Speaking of love, your love has a fever today. Poor Jackie was supposed to be here, but you said bad know, news. He's yeah. not showing up. He had a fever last night. He doesn't have one today, but still, he should take it easy. You know what he Maybe needs, he'll come don't tomorrow. you? I got a fever! What? And, and it's not more cowbell. The only it's prescription more is more Tiana. More that's Tiana. what, <laughs> that's yes, what I think. Should we call him up? Hello! Yeah. This hey, is Doc. Dr. Heimlich oh. here! <laughs> you got your tongue and say ah! <laughs> I think he probably has our number blocked, so he knows better. <laughs> we have a, a lot of people have our number blocked. That's block. really weird. People never answer that? when we call. I don't know why. I love Facebook so much. Uh, speaking of love, 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 this morning it told me that 20, my word for 2018. Your word a, for 2018. It gives you a word for 2018, okay. and good things happen to you. My yeah. word is love, and it says that I will find my soulmate. <laughs> So will you call Donna, <laughs> my wife, time. and tell her? <laughs> Break the news to her. <laughs> Don't lock your keys oh. in the car! Oh, poor Donna. She locked Called me this morning, locked her keys in the car. We've got one of those fobs that's not a key. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I figured, well, the key's in the car. Just hit the... Now, these days, right. you can hit the little handle. Right. Not so. So no. we just paid a locksmith, and he's going to Bermuda now. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> so that makes me cranky, which means it's, uh, I, I'm, I guess today's the day, Cranky Coworkers Day. Yeah. So oh, you're that's you know today? That? Yeah. I'm cranky! I guess I guess it's just bad luck day, because I got a text from Kathy, who she sent me a, a text that Joshua had sent her, 
saying that he's having the worst day ever because he couldn't get one of his contacts in. He just barely made it to the bus and had the other contact, and then it fell on the floor and he oh. couldn't find oh, no. it. And just yeah, he's got to wear two, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got one in, so he can half see. So well, I wear one. Do you? Yeah, because yeah. only need the one. other eyes. Is that why glass. you run into walls all the time? <laughs> I'm like Cyclops. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does he have a spare pair of glasses uh, or anything? No, not with him. No, so he's uh, going to walk around with just one <laughs> eye. <laughs> Listen, that kid's gonna he's he's going to be a chick magnet with those glasses. You're winking off. at everybody. Uh-huh. I look at him, I'm going, man, this kid, wow. He's going to look like a pirate walking around. he looks Arr. like his mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can say that again. Arr, my name is Joshua. <laughs> well, I guess that's enough shtick, huh? Don't we? We have to, these guys. Oh, yeah. We, we oh, yeah, worst, oh, yeah. We? <laughs> these guys came in this morning. Uh, they were pretty amazing. And we're still not sure what a paladin is. And uh, that was your first question <laughs> What this is morning. a paladin anyway? <laughs> well, if you qu- know, comment yeah. below on our video. You didn't quite say it that way. I said, but, what in the world is a paladin yeah. anyway? <laughs> What in the world? Your nose is growing, Pinocchio. (laughs) Fellowship Christian School, we had a chance to talk to those guys. It's going to be a great night for them. Let's uh, let's hear that interview. It is the last of our private school spotlights, and we've saved the best for last, I guess. It's Fellowship Christian School. Everybody say, hey! 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 Wow, you guys are loud. That's awesome. All right, tell the truth now. Have we saved the best for last? What do you think? Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Awesome. Good to have you guys. So uh, tonight you guys are playing uh, Kings Ridge Christian School. And uh, how have you, uh, what are you excited about? Uh, how are you excited about tonight's game? Well, I mean, we're definitely going to win. So that's, that's, a, that's a big <laughs> excitement. Um, so, yeah, it should be a fun game. Uh, there's going to be a really cool opportunity to, like, recognize the young kids in our program. So that should be a, a really great time. Awesome. This is Matt Morton that's talking right now. Yeah. Matt, uh, are you a senior? Yes, sir. Are all of you guys seniors? Yes, sir. All right. No juniors. You didn't lose any underclassmen whatsoever. Of course not. Okay, awesome. What position do you play, Matt? I play linebacker. Okay. How are you preparing for the game tonight? Uh, Well, we got a really good game plan. Um, You know, it's all just like, it's mental at this point. You know, we've had some, we've had some losses, but we're ready to go. Okay. We're ready to go go kill him. You know, uh, you might get ready. You might get ready by going out here to Peachtree Street and just kind of run and dart between <laughs> yeah, all the cars yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. That, that'll get you going. Uh-huh. And then we also have over here Ashton Gray. Do you go by Ashton Grace or just Ashton? Either one. Either one. I'll go I'll say Ashton. Okay. Okay. Ashton is a, a senior cheerleader as well. How about you guys? How how are you guys getting ready for the game tonight? We've had lots of practices and we're ready to just cheer on our guys and just have a fun night. All right. Do you guys have to mentally uh, focus in like these guys do? Because uh, he mentioned that, you know, mentally, it's a mental <laughs> game. It's a physical game, too, but it's right. a mental game. How do you guys this mentally uh, get your ducks in a row? We, like, we always, like, gather up as a team before and pray. Yeah. And just, like, talk. And we're just ready to go. And just have fun. I love, I love how Matt said, as a Christian school, we're going to kill him. <laughs> in, in the name in, of Jesus. Righteous, yeah, yes. righteous anger toward <laughs> the opponent. There you go. That's one good way to go. You're going to flip tables and yeah, all kinds yeah, of, of stuff. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, they've got a couple of cheers for us. Uh, what's your first cheer here? Set us up a little bit. Our first cheer is Red Hot. Red Hot. All right. All right. Okay. You ready? Freaking Dan or what? Red Rick and Dan are white, red hot. How you spell now? R-E-D with a little bit of H-O-T-O, baby. R-E-D, H-O-T, red hot, red hot, red hot. Woo, yeah. Right. 
the, the football players got into that as well. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, last favorite. week we had a personal cheer, and that was uh, it was it was amazing. This one, this one is my calling top us one. red hot. That's my favorite right there. Okay, send that, send that to my wife. Will yeah, you? exactly. Thank goodness it's radio, and they can't see us right now. So, yeah. Oh wait, we're on Facebook. They can't. You have two now. What's the other one? Uh, the other one is your own cheer, probably that you do uh, on the field. Is this the one that gets everybody pumped? Is there one cheer? That everybody loves. It's like your greatest hit. Is this it? The cheer that we just did was probably our greatest hit. Oh, that's the greatest hit. <laughs> that's the one everybody wants all the time. Yes, sir, the football players right stop and cheer along with you <laughs> and everything. Oh, they do. Okay. That's all right. What's awesome. this one? Yeah. This one is called B E A T. B E A T. Beat those tigers. Beat those tigers tonight. B E A T. Beat those tigers. Beat those tigers tonight. Yeah, awesome. so not only do you cheer, but you spell, too, yeah. and both of them. That's great. <laughs> We're talking with uh, all the seniors here, right? Well, all these guys are seniors at uh, Fellowship Christian School. What uh, makes Fellowship such an amazing school? You've been there? Well, how yeah. long have you been there? Well, I've been there since third grade. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time. So um, basically, like, the cool thing about our school is, like, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And it's just a really good, like, environment with the teachers and the like, I know all the administration, and, like, I go and, like, I can go and talk to them whenever, and it's just a really cool environment. Now, I'm curious, uh, the football players, you guys have L-E, Romans 828 on there. What's the L-E? T- explain what that is. That's cool. It's, um, so, we had a, a woman that was working at our front desk, and she actually died a few years ago, mm. and so this is, this stands for, uh, I actually don't have one, but... Lynette. Okay, everybody but Matt has right. Ellie okay, on. Yeah, are, they look like they're sewn on. Are they sewn? Yeah, they're, they're sewn on. Wow, so that's yeah. awesome. It stands for uh, Lynette Eaches, and that um, was her name. So, and w- was that like her favorite verse or? Um, uh, yes, okay. yes, it was. Awesome wow. way to honor her and uh, her memory and her yeah. and her family legacy. Um, mm-hmm. So these these are pretty. Have you noticed these are really big guys back yes, here? Yes, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I see you keeping your eyes on them. Like you don't trust, especially this one over here. He looks kind of shifty. <laughs> Now, Matt, is he shifty? Can, should he trust oh, him? Oh, yeah, he can move. He, yeah. Okay. Uh, is that his, that's his nickname, Shifty. Shifty, okay. What, what about you ladies? What is it you love about uh, Fellowship Christian School? I think we all love the environment and just how it's all Christian-based. Everything revolves around God, and it's just so positive and uplifting. How does it prepare you for the future? Obviously, you're seniors. You're, you have been looking ahead, no doubt, to college next year and, and your future, whatever that may be. How has fellowship helped you in that, in, in so many ways, the academic, the faith, that kind of thing? Well, in uh, pretty much everything they teach us, they basically just say, you know, like, you got to take everything from a Christian worldview and, like, your academics, your social life, everything has to, you have to have a certain type of, uh, you know, like, lens to look through and stuff like that. So mm. just a really good, like, it's like constant, just a constant reminder of what, what, what we're going to be faced with. So, Do you feel like your faith has been strengthened over the last, how long have you been there? I've been there four years. Okay. You think your faith has really, really strengthened over the years? Yes, definitely. Really awesome. Has. Well, hey, let's bring up uh, David Lowry. He's the uh, director of athletics. Can you come on? Come up? on, David. You, all right. Yeah. 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 Oh, he has a cheer and everything. Wow, that's awesome. So, David, tell uh, him donuts. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, ah, there you that go. Explains Full disclosure. <laughs> tell us about Paladin Athletics. What's going on uh, with you guys? And, uh, and talk about the game tonight, too. Yeah, we're uh, it's a region game, so it's a you know it's a big game. Uh, our kids are getting ready to play in the playoffs uh, if we win the next two games, and so we're just trying to take one game at a time. Uh, but we've had uh, our volleyball team qualified for state, softball team qualified for state, uh, cross country team just won uh, area yesterday. We've mm. got them qualified. For awesome. State. Just a lot of great things happening in our athletic program as we're trying to 
do things right, hire good coaches, invest in these kids, help be good mentors, and uh, just impact them for Christ and help teach them a little bit about life and, and sports. How long have you been there at Fellowship? This is, uh, I guess, my 16th month. 16th month. Yeah. Wow. Counting by months. Uh, yeah. Eventually, it'll get to you. two years. <laughs> yeah. What is it that you love about uh, working there at Fellowship? Uh, like the kids said, I mean, it's uh, it's a community. I think a lot of times in Christian education, that's the common theme is yeah. a community because you're grounded. Yeah. You have a common thing in Christ and your love for that. Uh, but just the fact that you have a lot of people working alongside you that really do care about you and lift you up and pray for you when you're going through hard times, but also uh, praise when things are going great. Mm-hmm. And um, we just have, we have a great community. There will be a big crowd on hand tonight. I'm glad you all are going to be there and uh, looking forward to that. We're going to be honoring and celebrating our K-5 sports program, so it's all of our little kids will come on the field at halftime. Cool. That's a unique thing about fellowship. We have a a K-5 sports program uh, that we get our young kids involved at at an early age and let them start trying to figure out what sports they like. Now, how can uh, folks find out more about the school and uh, and how to get their kids involved? Well, uh, my marketing uh, and communications director is here. That's a great question for Krista is what you're saying. (laughs) She she would probably kill me if I didn't uh, say we have an open house. Yeah. uh, Next Thursday, so that's a great way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can come uh, for that. Um, but our website, which is fellowshipchristianschool dot org. Okay, is there anything else you'd like to add, David? You should know that I think. Oh, I do. He <laughs> should know that. I, I would be remiss if I didn't let her step. Okay, there you go. That's not something. true. But thank you so much. First of all, we want to say how grateful we are yeah. for allowing us to become guests. At your station and allow our athletes this wonderful opportunity. And uh, we would invite our community not only to our football game tonight, where we're going to beat the Tigers, uh, but also to our open house next Thursday. Uh, We have a tour series. Uh, If anybody is interested in coming, our elementary, middle school prospect students, we welcome them on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. We welcome our high school prospect students on Thursdays at 10 a.m. And then our open house is this Thursday, November 2nd. From 6 to 8 p.m. at our high school. Yeah. Okay. And so that new high school. There's a new high school. There is a new high school. Uh, We opened up our new high school, although we've had high school students for over 20 years. Right. Uh, 1996 was our first graduating class. We built a very state-of-the-art, innovative, 52,000-square-foot high school this year. It's patterned very much uh, collegiate style with a little bit of Silicon Valley in it as well. Wow. Uh, There's a new STEM lab, musical performing arts venue. Uh, art gallery and artisan studio. So we've really tried to focus our efforts on where our kids' strengths lie. So there is obviously amazing athletic facilities, but artisan studios, STEM studios, and just very rigorous academic environments, while also allowing them the opportunity to really commune with one another, fellowship with one another, and pour into each other as peers and mentors. All right. So we're awesome. excited. Very cool. Fellowshipchristianschool.org. Now, do you guys have one more cheer that you can do? One more you, on the way out? More? Yeah. They are. You could do the Rick and Dan hot again. I'm yeah. really feeling that one. I, I want to I get the guys involved, too, so make sure that you do the one that the guys know, too, all right? Yeah. If nothing else, just fake it. Just fake it. Just fake it. Yeah. Just fake it. <laughs> all right. Whenever you guys are ready. And pump it up, pump it up, C. Come on, come on, come on, F. Keep it going, keep it going, F. C. As we rock this house, what, what, this house? Woo! All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Just keep on going. That's awesome. Great job. Give him one more uh, big, uh, yeah! Woo! <laughs> 
You're listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. See, now I played this intro just for you, and you don't have your ears in, so you can't hear it. I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I was trying to put the left and the right and the right and the left, almost oh, like no. Joshua with his poor contacts. He just can't do a thing. Yeah. Welcome to Friday. Thank you so much. I was singing this or, or humming it or that. playing yeah. it mm-hmm. all morning this morning. Friday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Happy Friday. Great Friday. Love having these two. This guy right here, a legend, right? Anytime, <laughs> oh, anytime yeah, that we can reel wait, this Adele's guy. Adele's laughing. Did you <laughs> a legend. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's all right. She's going to sing for us in just, oh, in just yeah. a few, right? Well, you are Adele, so I mean. <laughs> I am. How yeah. many times have you heard that? Every day. As you roll your <laughs> Every eyes. Day. Your Every day. Thank you very the much. The worst is when they sing. They're like, oh, I'm going to start it, and then you finish the song. What yeah. song do they, they, they usually sing? Hello. Always like, hello. Is yeah. it? Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's me. Pastor Craig Bowler, Adele Bowler here as well. I am the one Jesus loves. Uh, no, you? I'm the one Jesus loves. Okay, right. all right. You I are. think we settled that already. <laughs> right? Yeah, obviously God loves you more. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But God what? loves Adele most. That's right. That's right. Ah, there we go. Well, then it's her it's show. It's not Let's Tiana. Go. It's Adele. See, that's it. What a great book. I, I, I love this book. I've only read a, a portion uh, Dan says he's going to get me one for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, before when we were prepping for today's show, Dan says, you have to read this part. And I read about the shame. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about the rest of, us, because, rest of it because the shame and the guilt part hit me right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, welcome. And Thank let's you. talk about uh, this book. This is a combination. You guys work together on this. How'd this happen? Yeah, we uh, Adele and I have always... Just had really good rapport. We've always been able to talk about ministry stuff. But more than that, we've been able to talk about life and love and hurt and pain and shame has been one of the conversations. It's been a conversation that we've had lately over the last couple of years. And we were trying to help each other sort of really live in this idea that, no, Jesus really does love us. Mm. But these lies of shame in particular kept cropping up and so we were just dreaming like how how could we help people really get this idea that Jesus really does love them mm-hmm. and and Adele and I were talking a little bit about performance and how much performance is um is so, so many times a driving force yes. in our Christian life we yes. feel like we're supposed to perform and if we perform then Jesus yes, will love right, us yes absolutely um and what Adele and I discovered as we were just kind of talking and learning and growing was that this this underlying thing of shame shows up in performance because not only do you struggle because you fail in this performance, but when you fail, you don't just feel like a failure. And what Adele describes in her story is, I don't just feel bad, I am bad. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the... You know, we're, we're shame, we're shame. That's the definition you gave in the book. Inherently, you are a failure or bad as shame and guilt is what? What was the definition of guilt? I can't remember. Guilt is is more just feeling bad. Like, Uh, oh, I. About an event. About something. Mm, Like, oh, I lied. I feel bad about that. Shame is I am bad and I am a failure because I lied. And that's my identity. So shame is more about your core identity than just an emotion. Guilt's more emotion based, I'd say. Yeah, boy, that hit me when you when you spelled those two different things out because I'd never thought of it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But it's so so true. Right. 
and so many of us deal with shame, and we may think it's guilt, but it really is shame. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, you know, the, the, I mean, if you think about the story of Genesis, and they were naked and they felt no shame. Mm-hmm. So the gar- that whole relationship prior to sin is so beautiful, mm-hmm. but, but the word that, the, that Moses uses to describe what perfect is like is he uses a negative, he says, this, it was so amazing, it was without shame. Mm-hmm. We know shame. Shame is so universal yeah, yeah. that to describe this scene, he yeah. says, it's without that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I don't know that we always recognize that what's, what's underneath some of this stuff that we carry, it's not guilt. Yeah. It's shame. We yeah. just feel bad. Right. I am bad. And, and that's not the truth. I am the beloved. I am the one Jesus loves. And so that, that tension, which turned into a discussion, which now has turned into this book, that kind of drove the whole thing, this sort of performance-oriented. We've talked about how even the church today is so performance-based, yes. you know? Um, that's not necessarily the church that I grew up in, but it's definitely the church that Adele has grown up yeah. in. Yeah. This kind of performance mentality, if you build it bigger, and then the pastor writes these books, and yes. so you're trying to be like that pastor, yes. and you can never be like that sort of celebrity Christian we've right. talked about. And then you're, if you're comparing yourself to that standard, then you're ne- you never feel like you make it, and so... Anyway, there's just been great tension in that, and and we say no, you're you're not a failure, or or no, you don't have to live in shame. You're you're actually the one that Jesus loves, and that belief, if we can embrace that belief, then that changes everything. Mm. Now Jesus came mm. to redeem us from shame. That's right, and guilt. Why is it that we can't get that? Why is it that I can't? hang on to that Mm -hmm. and I wrestle with it. Is it that deep on the inside of me that I can't grasp it? Yeah. Um, I'll just share a little bit about my story to speak into that. Um, I think I have always, my story has always kind of bounced around this idea. Like I've always kind of strived to be perfect um, because I think that what my dad was talking about with in church we perform, um, I think I was striving for that. I was striving to look like that. I wanted to live and love like Jesus, and so I was looking to the church to find that. Let me let me cut you off right yes. there, and I hate to do it, but we've got to take a hard break. Okay. We've got just a few seconds. I want to pick up on your story because it's so important to what we're talking about this morning. The book is The One That Jesus Loves. Uh, Adele and Pastor Greg Bowler right here. We'll be back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Stay there. Welcome to Friday on Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. <laughs> See, Once again, like, Rick doesn't have his I ears on. I love hearing this guy, I mean, <laughs> talking about this. This is amazing. Pastor uh, Craig Bowler here with Adele Bowler. It is the Friday edition of Faith Talk Live. I want to bang on my drum all day, too. I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Yeah, I can't wait to do that. I'm going to do that uh, when I get home and disturb all the neighbors. Oh, wait a minute. My <laughs> you do teenagers that. <laughs> do that every single night. Anyway, uh, welcome. Great show next week. David Windischer, Dr. Jill and uh, Andrea Shelton going to be on the show. Great week. Great show now as we're talking about the book that uh, I am the one Jesus loves, Pastor Greg Bowler and Adele Bowler. When we left the other uh, segment, 
We had to get out because of a hard break. Uh, Adele began to tell her story. We've been talking about shame and guilt, and uh, this is so fascinating, and it's so needed, so deep. So let's do this. Let's pick up. Uh, you're part of the book. It's made up of, of 24 folks. Yep. This uh, she 25 then? She's number 24. 25. <laughs> uh, and uh, they throw around this idea of uh, about shame and guilt, and you got 24 folks to write their stories. Hers at the end, and she's telling her story. Yeah. Adele, go ahead. Just start from the beginning, if you will. Right. Um, so before the break, I was talking a little bit about this performance mentality. Um, I grew up in the church, obviously, um, and was never taught a performance-based uh, gospel. Like, I was never taught a works-based gospel. But what was modeled for me through the church and through these leaders was the need to perform. Mm. Because the people that were up on stage, they looked cool. They said the right thing. There was no vulnerability. No one talked about doubt or um in high school really the only confessional was if you did something really bad yeah but i never really like i i was too afraid to go down any other road and so i tried to stay um and follow jesus but i never really knew how to because i thought that the way to following jesus was to perform and the more that i would try to do these things to read the bible to pray to serve i would fail i couldn't do everything right Mm -hmm. you know we're not perfect Mm -hmm. and i would fail and that became this core belief that the more I failed, the more disappointed God was in me because I just couldn't do it. I was a failure. I, I and my identity was a failure. Um, and so this just started this really, really strong um, battle with shame because it, it was it was my identity. It wasn't just about my actions. It was about who I was. I was a failure. I was a disappointment to God because I couldn't do it right. Um, I could never live up to the expectation that I thought he set for me, but really I said it for myself and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the more that I would try, the more that I would fail, the more f- disconnected I would feel from God. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that would disconnect me from other relationships as well, because mm-hmm. then that, that kind of unconditional love that I didn't feel from God, I didn't feel from anybody else. I thought that I needed to work um, to achieve love for my friends and my parents. I felt like I always had to do things um, to, to gain their love. Um, and so I was totally isolated Shame, I think one of the biggest um, dangers with shame is that it's, it's isolating. Mm-hmm. It isolates us, mm-hmm. um, not only from God, but the people around us. Do you find that uh, as a pastor—oh, I got two thoughts in my head. I'm thinking, how many thousands of people that are disconnected from the body because they did something or didn't do something and they feel shame and they don't want to— be connected Mm -hmm. yeah and obviously there are people that you have encountered over the years as a leader as a pastor that if they could catch the shame thing Mm -hmm. that they would be connected yeah and and be embraced right is that huge is that it's huge in fact um we were we've talked about this a couple of times and and i think we articulated in the book i can't remember if we wrote it in there or not but we can't we've come to the belief that shame is the generational sin of this generation, hmm. that because the church has become performance-oriented in and of itself and kids are growing up in this church feeling like they can't do it, these guys are feeling disconnected from the church because of this generational sin of, yes. of shame. Hmm. So not only does it happen in little pockets of the church, I think it happens like this entire generation is suffering from it, wow. feeling like they're not enough, they can't do enough, they can't serve enough. They can't be, they can't be uh, spiritual enough. I'm, yeah. I'll never be as spiritual as that guy. Right. You know? And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's huge. What the the anecdote to shame is grace. The anecdote is to say, 
that Jesus loves me as sinner before he loves me as saint. Mm-hmm. If I can wrap my head around the fact that, that John 3.16 is actually true, that God loves the whole world, that he loves me as sinner. He came while I was a sinner. If I can get my head around and my heart around the fact that he loves me as sinner, then grace leads me to trust him to love me as saint, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can't, if I, if I only think that God loves me as saint and he can't love me here in this place of my sin and shame, right. then I'll never get there and I'll stay isolated from him, which then will probably isolate me from my friends and yes. family and mm. ultimately could isolate like Adele and I from each other. And, and that would, that would be the most awful thing. That would be the most heartbreaking thing. I think in God's economy, there, there could be nothing more heartbreaking than a father and daughter being separated from each other. Mm-hmm. But look how much Satan uses that, uh, Huge. just whispering every day about yeah. the shame. Right. And, and a, like you said, a whole generation is so. walking away from the church when they, when they leave school uh, probably a lot of it because they feel shame that they never measure up. Yeah, and then and then shame is such a slippery slope that once you feel bad, well, I am bad, then then it just gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So the things that you do, like um, shame begats sin, if you will. So mm-hmm. so the worse you feel, the more the more shame you feel, the more shame then you encounter. Right. Because you don't think you can go the other direction. You don't right. think you can come out of it. It just it just continues to go darker yeah. and darker and darker. Pastor right. Craig Bowler, Adele Bowler, talking about uh, shame, guilt. Uh, the book is called I Am the One That Jesus Loves. It would be interesting to know you have a relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. You were afraid to bring this out. How did you bring it out? How did it come up? Mm, good the, question. Hey, how about those Braves? Oh, by the way, I'm struggling with shame. <laughs> well, it wasn't the Braves, at least this year. So, <laughs> I mean, how do you, knowing your parents love you to yeah. pieces, right? Yeah. Still, it's a difficult topic. Yeah. How? What'd you do? Yeah. How? Um, so I have been on this journey for about three years. Um, it actually happened. My dad um, knows a lot of my friends. Uh, he's married a lot of my friends and um, has a really cool relationship with them. And they started coming to him with this because he was their pastor role. He, they started coming up, up to him and saying, hey, Mr. Craig, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel it. I don't feel God's love for me, but I want to. Hmm. And so one day he just was like, what's going on? Like, why is every single person that I've talked to in your generation saying this? Hmm. Um, he was like, um, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, that's me. That's me too. I, that's, that's me. I struggle with shame. Um, but I wasn't aware of it. Um, it really took me getting to the end of my rope and really just feeling I went to college, had these amazing friends, had this amazing community and never felt more isolated. Hmm. Um, I was in a campus ministry. I was doing well, but I just felt like I could never do enough. And I was comparing myself to all these other people and they look like they had it all together. And I still haven't figured it out. If anyone is supposed to figure this out, it should be me, right? Yeah. Um, and I just felt so disconnected from God. And so once my dad and I started talking about it, um, I guess through talking about it, the, the, the darkness and, and the power of the lies began mm. to lose its power. Wow. Um, and it, it was really slow. And it took me talking to people I trusted. Um, and it it was hard. It was really hard because I had to come to people like my dad or um, like my mentor back home and say, look, I don't believe that God, what God says about me is true. And I'm embarrassed about that. Mm. I'm sh- I feel shame about that. Mm. But I want to because I don't know what else there is. That is so good. Um, and so honestly, I'm still on this journey and yes. I think I always will be. Yes, we but all will. 
um, if I isolate, the shame is going to come back in more power than it did at the beginning. Yep. So the key is to continue to talk about it in these spaces, in this book. That Writing this was healing for me. Um, so I think that that's the key that I found. Adele Bowler telling her story. Did you find that? Oh, let me do this. I've yeah. got so many questions. <laughs> okay. We need to spend eight hours with you. <laughs> yes, yeah. She comes to you. You've already have her friends or whatever at, talking to you about that. She comes to you. Did you expect her to do that and struggle with that? Or how was that encounter? Uh, Obviously, it was full of grace. Yeah. But but how did you feel when she... she did did a, you feel like a failure at I'm all? I'm going to start crying right now if we keep going down this road. <laughs> I mean, you, you hear your kid say, you know, that she's struggling with this stuff, man. I mean, it, it was heartbreaking. I think the way we started the conversation was Adele said, um, Dad, you never taught me how to doubt. And wow. and I was like, wait, well, so, okay, hold on. Tell me about doubt. And mm. she said, well, I just have all of these doubts. That sort of started the conversation. And I remember I was standing in the kitchen. I think it was like in Adele's sophomore year of college. And I said, well, I doubt. And she said, how? What do you mean you doubt? You're you're like you're a the pastor. pastor <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I was like, well, have have we not talked about this? Or and then I was I was able in that moment. I remember in the kitchen, Adele was looking at me, and I said that I I believe that that doubt, great sometimes great doubt, is proportional to those with great faith. Mm-hmm. So while while I do doubt sometimes, like man, God. Are you even up there? Are you list? Do these prayers go anywhere past this ceiling? At the same time, I I believe all of this stuff is true, and so great doubt is proportional to great faith. And then I've found, and I think this is true. This is how the conversation started that day. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, and those that don't doubt, those that have no doubts, they're they're proportionally their faith probably is just really hmm. is real is really shallow. I don't mean that negatively. Yes, yes. Right. And so, so it gave Adele the freedom to explore, and it gave me the freedom to just to just talk about things that we never really talked about. She said, "I remember her saying, you never taught me how to fail. Hmm. Like you always taught me how to perform. You've always taught me how to serve. You've taught me how to share my testimony. But I don't know how to experience. You never taught me how to experience grace when I fall. Wow. And I was just like, man, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm wow. sorry. I I didn't know." I didn't know that in me, and I didn't know what was going on in my own story enough to help my kid journey through it in her story. Mm. And so together, we've been on this journey to try to just take some steps one at a time. Like Adele said, I don't have this figured out. (laughs) I'm trying to learn about it, and we just decided, we committed, we're just going to learn about this together as a family. So Adele's mom, Christy, and our younger daughter, Audrey Grace, we don't talk about it all the time because that would be lame. <laughs> but, but it is a conversation. It's a narrative. Yeah. That yeah. It's a story that God's writing for us. And the freedom to talk about it has been really, really cool for us. Mm. Really wow. Cool. This is amazing. Uh, great book. We're going to talk about some of the stories in this sure. next segment. It is uh, the I Am the One Jesus Loves, Pastor Greg Bowler and Adele Bowler. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the radio. Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Look out, it is the Friday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. I always want to be writing with my windows down when this song is on. Yeah. 
Right. In Southern California somewhere, you got probably. Pastor <laughs> Craig is a California boy, yeah. right? right? He used yes, to sir. do the surfing and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's good to have Pastor Craig Bowler here from Sanctuary writing a book with his daughter, Adele, taking stories and really helping folks. Thank you very much. This is tough because it's very mm-hmm. raw. And as yeah. we talk while the break's going on, which I wish we had recorded <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is life changing and we do want to get to a point. I wish you did have a silver bullet and you could wave a little wand <laughs> and fix too. us all. And, and, you know, just so much stuff. We got to have you back to talk about it more. Let me do this. The USB, uh, that, uh, Philip DeCourcy has mm-hmm. in Faith Talk Atlanta. You can go to faithtalkatlanta.com. Matters of life and death is what it's called. And oh. of course, just listen to, to, uh, Philip DeCourcy with his awesome Irish accent and mm-hmm. enjoy it. And that's until when? Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, the end of, October, the, end yeah. of the month. We're mm-hmm. stepping into November. Next week, great uh, bunch of shows. This one as well. The book is called I Am the One That Jesus Loves. And thank you for sharing that uh, that particular yeah. part of the book. Adele's story is one of the 24 in here. And I, and I want to point out the cover was designed by Audrey Grace, that's right. Craig's, oh, yeah. Craig's other daughter. <laughs> the younger yeah. daughter did she that. She is quite the, the artist, so it's beautiful. She's fantastic. you got the whole family involved in this. <laughs> it really, you know, honestly... I think, Christy proofread probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it, it it in order for us to be whole, in order for our family to be whole, um, we we all we all play a part in it. And so, trying to figure out how mom could participate, and of course, Audrey Grace, as an artist, we were like, "Hey, can you do this?" And ten minutes later, she came back with that. I mean, it was ten just, minutes. The yes. kid is amazing. You're kidding! Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. She's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Craig Bowler and Adele talking about this. Uh, gosh, where do we pick up? There's just so much. You were talking about when the book showed up mm-hmm. at your house. Mm-hmm. It was complete. You're getting ready to release it, and you started reading the stories, you and your wife, on the way to a, a marriage, marriage conference. Retreat, yeah. Um, talk about reading the other stories. Talk about that it is a process that you don't have. You and I, we all don't have the silver bullet to fix it Yeah, and all that. Yeah, I'll talk about that, and I'll ask Adele to talk about it, too, because she Please. read it later uh, a couple of days um, once it came out. But, yeah, we were reading it on the way up to Barry College. We were going to Windshape for a retreat, and my wife was reading it to me while I was driving. And it was really the first time that we'd put the whole book together in a way that we read it one story at a time. And and you know, as I was saying in the break, I mean, I, I was crying. I had to had to pull over <laughs> my wife said are you supposed to be crying reading your own book <laughs> <laughs> didn't you already read these stories <laughs> and i think in one sense i was crying because i know the grace um i know that grace is sufficient mm. for the person that's writing this story yeah. and i know the power of love um in my own life and of course seeing us grow as a family together and i so much want these people that are writing the stories to live in this love to li- this is a livable reality right we say that all the time and so yeah and and on the other hand i was just so thankful that these 24 people were brave enough courageous enough daring enough to mm. share their stories that i trust god's going to use they trust god's going to use not only to heal them as they tell their story but but to heal the reader that um that hopefully one day there'll be some readers <laughs> that'll read it. Um, well, you've definitely got two here. We've got two. Definitely. And we won't um, cry much uh, while, we're, while we're reading it. But what about, we were talk, you were talking about reading it the other day. What? Yeah. Um, I'm just taking it kind of a day at a time to read the stories slowly because some of them are heavy. And um, every story has touched me in a way. Um, 
I've seen myself in every story, mm-hmm. even though the experience is totally different. Um, I've seen myself because there's there's this underlying theme in almost all the stories of, well, if I could have just done this, then God would have shown up. Why didn't he show up? And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that. Hmm. But I think the most transformational thing about the entire book is that they're believing and they're choosing to live as if this truth was true. Hmm. There's this book that I read um, called Tattoos on the Heart, and the author says, like, what would it mean for you if you lived as if this truth were true? Not even if you always believe it, but what if you live like that? Hmm. Um, and, and the storytellers in this book are choosing to live like that. Um, they're choosing to live as if they are the ones that Jesus loves. And through that, through that journey, um, all fear is gone. Mm. Uh, we're able to walk confidently in spaces of doubt because we know that we are the ones Jesus loves just as we are, without expectation, without anything else, just as we are. Um, and so it's it, it, even though my story is in here too, just reading these other storytellers has encouraged me to continue on um, to believe it for myself as well. Now, if we could all get, if we could all get it from our head to our heart that we are the ones that Jesus loves, how would that change the church? Oh, man. <laughs> There'd be so much freedom in the church. I think right now there's so much fear mm. um, and disbelief. If we believed that we were the ones Jesus loves, there would just be a freedom to not just live in grace, but to extend grace. Yeah. It, would be a, it would be a release Instead of holding on to uh, this is my church and my stuff and I'm serving because I want you to see how how I look, right. uh, I'm you know we're sort of uh, we joke about Adele and I joke about this how we go out and serve and we we take a picture an Instagram and mm-hmm. we say look yeah. look at me serve Oops. We, Oops. look at me serve look how much I'm serving <laughs> our next book we joke about. Is going to be called selfies at the altar. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I love story. it. That's awesome. <laughs> but I think there would just be such freedom to love. Mm. Yeah. But but I can't love others. I can't love others if I don't believe that I'm that I'm love first. Mm. And so the freedom would be this freedom to live in love, and then to be able to extend love to those around us, not just talk about it, but to really love thy neighbor as thyself yeah. hmm. but it's almost like it's easier to love my neighbor yeah than it is to love myself or think about it this way because i can't love myself i can't fully love my neighbor yeah so the love that i'm extending in shame is not genuine love right so how would it change the church it would change the world mm. because i would love my neighbor fully and wholly right where they are because i know that i'm fully loved and and free so i think it would be dramatically life-changing what do you For think sure. Dale? yeah no i think it would be crazy. and it would help just to drop that facade that we put on so often yeah. at church and be real yeah. and that's when you can really be the body of christ that's right pastor craig bowler adele bowler you can get the book at amazon uh it's at it's actually on peppersaucecanyon.com i did get on it's there i wasn't on sure amazon. if you were doing uh, pepper sauce on the side barbecue <laughs> sauce peppersaucecanyon.com that's pepper the sauce. that's the sort of setting of where this book kind of, yeah, Pepper Sauce Canyon. So it's Canyon. an actual place. Pepper, Pepper Sauce, Sauce Canyon, Canyon is an okay. actual place. Awesome. It's a place where I met Jesus. Um, it's a summer, uh, our summer camp was located in Pepper Sauce Canyon. Um, so there is where I met Jesus and there's where I met my wife. Um, I met my beloved there in 1985. And then my two best friends, they're still my best friends to this day. Um, I met working at that summer camp. So Pepper Sauce Canyon is a real place. Peppersaucecanyon.com is Very our cool. website wow. where you could buy the book.
Love that. They Thanks. can also connect with you at yeah. the sanctuary. That's right. Yeah. Sanctuaryinhim.org, right? That's right. Okay. I was going to say um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to speak at this event, this men's retreat. And I walked up on the stage and um, I said, I'm Craig Bowler and I'm the one that Jesus loves. <laughs> And the whole room laughed. <laughs> and and then there were some guys that were like there were some guys in the there were some guys that were listening that were like, How arrogant is this guy that he thinks he's the one Jesus loves? And then it just gave me an opportunity yeah. to talk about and so are you. Yeah. And that, so are you. That wow. is so good. We have to have you back. Please. <laughs> Bring the whole family. Both of every, you. Everybody come All in. All of you. <laughs> awesome. What a book. Check it out. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. See ya. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.